All right. And the rest of us, we have the distinct privilege this morning of hearing from Rome Herbert. Uh, so those of you who uh, are newer to City Hope may not know Rome, although he was here uh, just a few months ago. But Rome was on staff here at City Hope uh, for a couple of years uh, after uh, his time uh, here in Muncie. And uh, we uh, were really sad to see Rome move to Indy. And so, you know, every once in a while we just have him come so that he remembers how great it is here and decides to move back, right? Right, Rome? <laughs> All right. So uh, Rome is going to bring the word to us this morning. Now, two things, just so you know. I forgot to add the pulpit riser. So sorry, Rome. You're going to have to understand what it is to be my height. Uh, and then uh, the second thing is you really want to dig in here. Uh, Rome is... Uh, a gifted preacher, and the Spirit is doing a lot of things in his life. And so please, uh, let's welcome Rome Herbert. Is it switched? Yeah, that might help. <laughs> hey, what's up, see how make some noise. Oh, that, nah, nah, I said make some noise. We here today. Yeah, you feel me? I'm happy to be here. Maybe y'all not happy, but look, you know, every now and then, you gotta, we have a family gathering, a family meeting. I hear y'all have a family meeting coming up, right? Is that true? Y'all have the family meeting coming. So you bring your cousin, you know what I'm saying? I'm Cousin Rome, your long lost cousin, to crack some jokes, cut some tension and then just give you a brief short message. So we gonna do a short, the shortest message I ever done. You feel me? Why you laughing? I'm gonna try, I promise, I'm gonna promise, look. <laughs> we gonna see. Um, so I just wanted to tell y'all a quick story, right? A quick, quick little story. So this is all about throw away the cake. Y'all love cake in here? Y'all love cake? Yeah, I love cake too. What's y'all favorite cake? Name a cake. Red velvet. Yeah, red velvet's probably the best cake invented. Any, any? Said Boston cream pie. But it's a cake. Where you get that from? The store. That's crazy. Okay. Meat cake. Yup. That. Hey, I'ma go off of that meat cake. You know what I mean? So. For those who don't know, I'm from Indianapolis, you know what I'm saying, born and raised. And my grandma, she made this thing called mincemeat cake. Some, oh, I heard, ooh, Sue, was that you? Yeah, you probably had the honor of having some mincemeat cake before I brought it to the pitch ends here. It's probably the best cake ever. No shade to all your other cakes, you know what I mean? Um, but here's the thing with mincemeat cake, it's this rare ingredient, mincemeat. And then you have probably six or seven other ones. And then there's one piece that can mess up the whole cake. One piece, you feel me? But here's what happened. I made one for her, and it was undercooked, unfortunately. Yeah, it was, it was a little too soft. So I was like, dang, I feel bad. I feel like I let down the family honor. So what I did was I made me a whole nother cake like a day after um, because it was all gonna be for myself too, cause you know what I mean, I'm, I'm selfish. And I was down bad though. I was missing one ingredient 
that I really needed. And so I went to the store to grab this butter, right? And as I got back to the crib, got the butter out, um, I had mixed all the other ingredients too. And then as, as the butter's melting, you know how sometimes you melt the butter down when you break it? Yeah, yeah, Vic, no, he like, yeah, I melt butter all the time. Uh, the butter had this rancid smell. Somebody say rancid. It had a rancid smell. And I was like, butter's not supposed to smell like that, is it? Yeah, y'all ever heard, like, had some, like, bad, like, ingredients smelling? You just kind of like, this is not good. But the store was closing, and I was like, yo, I, I'm just run with it. So <laughs> I actually put the butter in the cake. <laughs> you feel me? I had to, I, I could smell it. I was like, this is probably not going to be good. But I went to the Dollar General down the, down the store in the hood, and I should have known that it probably wouldn't be the best option for butter. <laughs> but I was down bad. So I got the cake. I ate a piece. And right uh, later that night, it ran right through me. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> I'm like, dang. I holler at my grandma. I promise you, this story is going somewhere. I holler at my grandma. I'm like, yo, I had this cake. And it was just, it had, it had everything right. You know what I'm saying? I had the right amount of time. It wasn't undercooked. It was, it was perfect. But it gave me diarrhea. <laughs> and she was like, well, what, what happened? Was, was something wrong? It's like, yeah, I knew it was an ingredient that was bad, but I still put it in anyway. She was like, baby, you're going to have to throw away the cake. I'm like, she's from Mississippi. She's from the South. And I'm like, well, it's a whole cake. Like, it's, like, it's a pan full of cake. You know what I mean? You ever see the, you know, Megan, it's a whole pan of Boston cream pie cake. You going to throw that away? So I'm reasoning with myself, like, maybe if I just try another slice, maybe it was something else, right? Like, maybe it was something else that I had that, you know what I'm saying, trying to reason with myself. So... But by the grace of God, I'm like, I throw away the cake. But you know me, I'm looking in the trash like, well, I can probably still try. <laughs> I'm like, I just wasn't raised to throw stuff away. But I say all that to say, we all must learn how to throw away the cake. And what does that mean, right, individually for both our own walks and at large? So we're going to look at this time, right? So, you know what I'm saying? Jesus, he, he's one of my heroes. You know what I'm saying? So I like to talk about him now and then. He throws away a lot of cake. And in this specific passage, we're in Matthew chapter 16, verses 1 through 12. And the Pharisees and Sadducees, somebody say Pharisees. And Sadducees came, and to test him, they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. He answered them, when it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be stormy today, for the sky is red and threaded. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. So he left them and departed. 
we keep going, right? When the disciples, that's, that's Jesus' people, right? They reached the other side. They forgot to bring any bread. Jesus said to them, watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they began discussing it among themselves, saying, we brought no bread. But Jesus, aware of this, said, oh, you have little faith. Why are you discussing among yourselves the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive? Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many baskets you gathered? How is it that you fail to understand that I did not speak about bread? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teaching of the, somebody say, there you go, and sad to see, right? Sad to see the Sadducees. We're going to look at three, you know, I'm, I'm, I was trained within an institution like the Presbyterian, and I have always have three presby points. Somebody say, presby point. But it's through people. Say people. So three press B points through people. By the end of this message, you will know when to throw away the cake through these three groups of people. So we're going to start off right with the Pharisees. I should have a slide up there to say, look at that cake. It's beautiful. Ain't it? We might have to throw it away, though, because this is the Pharisees cake. Uh oh. So the Pharisees, to set the context, to set background, this is a group of people that they would have some right doctrine. They would have some right beliefs concerning resurrection, concerning angels, concerning the Mosaic law in their Jewish culture. You feel me? So it wasn't like they were completely out of pocket and a lot of things that they would be saying or believing. But it was certain approaches and stuff that they were doing that came into conflict with the way of Jesus. And so to set the scene even more, the people within this time period had one main enemy. You could probably say two, but the main enemy was Rome. It was a version of me. <laughs> Not me exactly, but the, <laughs> the Roman Empire. I appreciate John. Give John a hand, man. He always interact, man. He always interact. Yeah, you feel me? So Rome is this empire that's pervasive. And by pervasive, I mean it's, it's everywhere. It affects all of their life. So most of the things that Jewish people are thinking of is how can I escape the pain, the oppression, and the hurt? from the Roman Empire, not Rome Herbert, the Roman <laughs> Empire. So this is all their thoughts, all their thinking is, what will be my approach towards this power structure, right? What will be my approach towards either escaping or confronting this pain? And so now when we zoom back in, the Pharisees, once again, they had a, a firm spiritual, intellectual, theological foundation. They had a lot of systems in place that they could think and say, oh, this is like, this is right doctrine. They, they, they would rightly divide up things pretty well. But 
they would also hold a lot of contempt against Rome, right? A lot of stuff was bubbling up underneath to where they, they could be ready to ride and pop off at any moment. And they also held a very heavy influence and sway over the common people, over common Jewish people in that time. So they're thinking consistently of how are they best going to use their power to identify with the Jewish people. And they're all about preserving Jewish culture, Jewish heritage. But the only issue that came with that is they would set up extra laws outside of what people even needed. And eventually these would be crushing burdens on them. So somebody say Pharisees. Pharisees, Pharisees right? And one of the things that came in conflict is that Jesus kind of made it too easy for the common people. He made it too easy for Jews in comparison to how the Pharisees would do. The Pharisees is all about, you got to wash your hands on this. I mean, please wash your hands. We just got through the pandemic, right? But you got to wash, you got to go through all these different rituals, all these rites, back to back, booty woo before they could even approach a sense of connection to God. So the Pharisees had a certain teaching in, like the text said, leaven about them. Anybody familiar with leaven? Okay, you better than me, I had to look it up. So yeast, yeast is something that you use in the bread, it spread all throughout it, it help it rise, it, you know what I'm saying, it makes the bread bake. Once you put that yeast in, if it's bad yeast, you do not want that bread, you feel me? Ideally, you know what I mean? Well, hey, you, you had experiences where you had bad yeast? Yeah. Okay, so you got stories behind that, yeah. <laughs> I like it, I like it, you feel me? So. Right. So first off, we have this yeast. Somebody say yeast. 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 yeast of the Pharisees. Keep that in mind. This is the bread they cooking with. Let them cook. Let them cook. But then we're going to pivot. We're going to go to the left a bit. I told you this is going to be real simple. It's going to be real simple today. You're going to love me. You're going to be out of here in no time. Now go to the Sadducees. Sadducees. I like that, man. You had a powerful uh, intonation to your words. So now we're over here with the Sadducees. And their teaching, they didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't necessarily believe in a lot of the, the spiritual ideas that the Pharisees did. And the thing that got a lot of people with the Sadducees is they, rather than trying to hold contempt for Rome, for the Roman Empire, they would try to assimilate. They would try to be as close to that power as possible. So they weren't trying to rock the boat with Rome. They had, I mean, they had a hat on. They say, "Hey, I'm Rome. You feel me? What's up with you, y'all? I'm Rome. I love Rome. Rome, yeah. I pledge my allegiance to the Rome for the United Romes of Rome. You feel me? This is the Sadducees." So uh, they didn't have the influence of a lot of the common people because they actually held contempt for the common people. They disliked the poor. They disliked the people that 
will also maybe a little bit more militant and try to rock the power structures. They're like, let's try to be, make it as peaceful, as cordial as possible, hold as many resources as we could so that we won't also, because remember, they're still Jews. Both the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they're both trying to escape the pain and discomfort of the society around them. But the approach of the Sadducees is let's conform as much as possible so that we don't experience pain. So y'all tracking so far? Good. So this say Sadducees. Sadducees. Both in this text had a common enemy, right? Both had disbelief in demand from Jesus. So when we come to Matthew 16, once again, I don't know if you can jump back to that, that part. I know I'm out of order here. Give a hand for the sound tech team. Yeah. Uh, one through two. Yeah, perfect, perfect. So we see here, what did it say? They came in to enjoy his company. They came in to have some cake. What does it say? They came to test him, right? And they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. Now, is that too bad, I guess? I wouldn't say it's like, you know what I'm saying? You pull it up to Jesus, right? You're like, Jesus, hey, show me. What's good, man? I, I want to know that this is you, right? The Pharisees actually believed in a coming Messiah, so maybe this wouldn't be too far out of pocket. But the only issue is they were coming each to catch him, right? They wanted to find some way to say, this is why you can't follow Jesus, because he's teaching something or he's trying to show something that's out of pocket or out of line with Jewish tradition. Once again, right, the Pharisees, they want the common people. And so actually, how much sway do y'all have in looking up the, the scriptures before this? Can we go back to 1532? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. I got it in there. OK, look, I'm working out for myself. OK. In this, in the passage, that's why you always got to read the text with the context. Because the passage before, I just left it out, but right before, Jesus is surrounded by crowds of people, right? And they came to him back to back for healing. They're experiencing miracles. They're seeing like, yo, this, this is powerful. And they're with him for over three days. Some of these people, they probably didn't plan too far ahead. You know, you go three days out the way, you're like, oh, shoot, actually, how am I going to get back? You see the time, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't even know where I'm at now. And so Jesus, rather than being like, man, look at these people. They I don't know how to you know, pack, pack a trip. You, know, you ever been on a, a trip before? You ain't packed all the stuff you needed to? That's what happened to them. They ain't packing enough food. And then Jesus called his disciples and told them what? I feel sorry for these people. 
They have been here with me for three days and they have nothing left to eat. I don't want to send them away hungry or they will faint along the way. Does it allow you to keep going? I'm calling some audibles here. <laughs> yeah, there we go. The disciples replied, where will we get enough food here in the wilderness for such a huge crowd? Then you jump down to 34. Jesus asked, how much bread do you have? They replied, seven loaves and a few small fish. Yeah. yeah. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I appreciate you. Hey, he, he killing the game, man. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, thanked God for them, and broke them into pieces. He gave them to the disciples who distributed the food to the crowd, and they all ate as much as they wanted. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. Somebody say leftovers from Thanksgiving. There were 4,000 who were fed. That's a big Thanksgiving dinner. They didn't have any turkey. Um, they should have had you there. Uh, that's a lot of leftovers. In addition to all the women and children, then Jesus sent the people home and he got into a boat and crossed over to the region of Magadan, right? This is crazy because, and this is, <laughs> I couldn't wait to share this one. Magadan, I had to look it up. Anybody know Magadan? I didn't think so. Yes, got you. <laughs> so Mary, according to my research, this was the region where Josh, don't, don't you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Catch me slipping here. You feel me? He's a theological seminary dude. You feel me? This is the region where Mary Magdalene was. You feel me? One of the most devoted followers of Jesus. This was her region. A person who was very much about working in and seeking to, to, to serve people through her actual actions. And you contrast that with now, if we can jump to 16. One, uh, just the next verse, yeah. And the Pharisees came to test him and ask him to show them a sign. From, so we're back at this place, right? Where previously the works that had happened were to serve the people. Right, were to serve the ones who were at a loss. And now we come in with these individuals who are seeking to test and not serve, but rather be served, you know what I mean, with ulterior motives. So, <laughs> this is why I'm, I'm hyped, we're gonna wrap this up. So often, we move in a way that is demanding a sign, you know? Here's your sign. Here's your sign. And we can have all the right ingredients in place. I would argue, for specifically the Pharisees, they had, a, like we said before, they had a lot the right thinking. They had a lot of the right words and disciplines. Right. So they're they're pulling up. They're they're doing some prayers. You know what I'm saying? They're active in the community. They're seeking to be around the people. But 
there's one piece of bad butter in the recipe. Somebody say bad butter. What is the bad butter in the recipe, though? You know, I think that's that's the question. The text begs of us. To those people and also to ourselves. So often once we get in spaces such as maybe say, I would say our city hope is a pretty good church. Will y'all say that y'all like this church? Oh, these little, y'all a little hesitant. Oh, man, we're going to be a spicy family meeting, huh? <laughs> That's why they had bringing Cousin Ron, you know what I mean? Make, cut through some of the tension. But any position you get into, any organization you find yourself in, eventually there's going to be some bad butter, and there's going to be signs right early before, like you, you may smell it, and something seems off. What are some of those ways we can think of specifically paralleling ourselves to the Pharisees, maybe, right? The Pharisees who would hold contempt for anybody that would lessen the load. You could even argue a large degree of ethnocentrism. From my own experience, individually, I've seen, yes, I have seen the rightful movement of mobilizing and organizing communities of black people to make gains, right? Because of oppression experienced. And I've seen the ways that that allows for people, one, to be dignified, but also, practically speaking, get access to resources like food, shelter, healthcare, et cetera, et cetera, better living conditions. All of those things being that's like the civil rights movement, we're in Black History Month, right? So if you go, like y'all are gonna do that tour, right? Yeah, you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna do the digital tour. Yeah, all right, Josh, right? You're gonna get everybody signed up. <laughs> so as you go through the digital tour, you're gonna learn more about how the people have came together. But in the same breath, boy, have I seen some Pharisees. I've seen Pharisees around elevating the experience of the Americans of African descent to where ethnicity is ultimate, right? And there is no bridge or building reconciliation with other nations or with people of European descent, with people of, so that hatred bubbles up, stirs in and pervades the experience of a lot of us. Right. Speaking from my own experience and other black people, I know if you have been harmed by the systems and structures of Rome, you start to hate Romans. And Jesus says what? Beware of the yeast. Beware of this butter that can it can sound right because you're really seeking to serve and uplift people. You're really seeking to help people and make change, but ultimately you're worshiping yourself. So on the one hand, you have the Pharisees, right? But then also remember, you saw a step to the left. You have the Sadducees. And boy, have I seen some Sadducees. Anybody seen some Sadducees? We're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. <laughs> 
because I've seen some Sadducees. Chris, are you laughing? I know you've seen some Sadducees. Chris, yeah, yeah, we've seen some Sadducees together. <laughs> what? Sadducees often, in my, like I said, I, I usually, the word of God, I speak from my experience as well, and I'm going to miss certain things, but I'm going to bring you that filter as a black man in America. I have seen other individuals under oppression seek to assimilate and through distance themselves from people who from the hood. They distance themselves from people who don't talk as put together. They distance themselves who don't have the right amount of education, the right amount of speech patterns, dress, who dress a, a little bit too out of pocket, you know? And these Sadducees end up oppressing their very people that they come from. Isn't that crazy? But that's also the butter. That's the yeast that Jesus says, beware of solely trying to conform and also only build bridges with Rome, only be around Romans, only be around power structures. Right? I even realized this in times and space where I would only be around white people and I wouldn't seek to connect or understand the variances of experiences with other black individuals, with other people of Asian descent, with other peoples of the indigenous experience within America, right? With all the other groups of black indigenous people of color and the various classes that people sit within. So Jesus also warns, beware this yeast that says, if we can just make everybody as they say, they like to say unity, right? But a lot of times it's uniformity. If we can just make everybody agree and make everything as chill as possible and those people are just trying to cause too much division. Like, you don't have to talk about that. Like, nobody was talking about race. You had to bring it up, didn't you? Nobody was, you know? Josh, oh yeah, Josh, we know, don't we? We know, Josh. I like Josh, man, he my, he my dude, man. We've been through a lot together. That's real deal, my brother, man. Not biologically. But real deal. <laughs> so what happened is we find ourselves with this constant push and pull of the Pharisees are trying to bring us to, to be more militant. The Sadducees are like, all right, chill, chill, right? We, we can, we can, you know what I'm saying? We can be closer to the way. We, we, can, we can compromise certain things. Where do we find ourselves at that will give us the most freedom? And so I would argue point number three, the the followers. That one was distracting me all the way. I need to. The followers. The followers in the story, right? What did they do in Matthew 15 when Jesus was running around? They came for healing. They recognized their need. They recognized their brokenness. They said, hey, 
look, I done came three days out the way. I don't even know how I'm going to get back. I don't even know how I'm going to eat. But I know Jesus is here. And I am in need of healing. I got people with me, too, who I brought along who are in need of healing. And they seek to do all they can to bring people to the healer. Rather than demand that their own sign, their own way of life, their own teaching, their own thinking be justified. And so for us, how do we throw away the cake is your next question, right? You're wondering, well, I might have had some bad butter, but I, the diarrhea hasn't hit yet, so maybe it's okay. Sure. But it's this whole cake, this whole pan of cake. You expect me to throw that away, Rome Herbert? How dare you ask me to throw away my cake? And to that, I will say, I feel you. I hate throwing away cake, too, as you heard earlier. I don't like I wasn't raised to throw away a whole pan. Anybody raised to throw away food? Oh, yeah, he got a lot of money. <laughs> they, hey, y'all got money, huh? You was raising. <laughs> they gonna have a conversation after church at the family meeting. <laughs> the best way to identify the bad butter in your own recipe is Matthew 15, 32. Jesus called his disciples and told them what? I feel annoyed with these people. How you gonna come all the way out here and you ain't bring no extra food? You don't know how you gonna get back? You ain't playing ahead? You ain't talking to auntie, cousin, and you know you had some relatives up the road that could have... Come on, man. Wait, is that what Jesus said? Jesus said what? Well, I feel sorry for... the. Other translation I was working out have said, I've, I feel compassion for these people. Right? They have been here with, also, he was proximate. They have been here with me. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they came on the scene after. They probably heard about it. It's like, ah, here Jesus go again. Low key, they was probably waiting to spin the block on them. No lie, that's probably like, I'm going to catch him this time, boy. I know I got him. You feel me? But what does he say? He feels sorry, and he's here with them, and he recognizes their need. He spends time realizing the primary thing right now after all the healing, and maybe he didn't heal everybody there, right? But he recognized the larger needs of the people is they have nothing left to eat. And what? He didn't want to send them away hungry. He didn't want the people to come hungry, even though they are experienced. Maybe they got a blessing of walking again. They stopped. A lot of the issues, a lot of their problems were solved. Shouldn't just be like, oh, y'all good, man. Go ahead, man. Wait for me. You know what I mean? But here it says, I don't want to send them away. How many of us, after we, we, we get done helping somebody, right, we're like, all right, you're asking for a little too much now. You know what I mean? I got to go watch my, got to watch my season of uh, 
I've been watching Reacher recently. Anybody watch Reacher on Amazon Prime? Okay, yeah, I love that show. I love that show for some reason. Uh, I, I got, you know what I'm saying, I got to chill. You know, I, gotta, I got a lot of work I got to do. I, I have so much concerns in my life. Just go away, get away from me. I've helped you enough. Figure it out on your own now. You've already received salvation. Why are you still asking for help from me? Aren't you further along enough now in your walk that you don't need? But what does Jesus do? He's saying, I don't want to send them away hungry. I don't want them to faint. In contrast, in contrast, Pharisees, Sadducees, they're not even close to the people. They fail to have compassion on people. They don't want to be with people. So my challenge and question to you is, who do you struggle to have compassion on? What people, person, maybe even places, do you not want to connect with. That's where you'll find your bad butter at. Do you say, okay, boomer. Do you say, those liberals. Do you question the salvation of charismatics because of their emotionalism? Are you hesitant to trust people of reformed traditions? Do you legitimately think black people can help themselves out of their situations by now? What does it have to do with you? Slavery was so long ago. What about immigrants, right? Why are they coming over here taking our jobs? How do you feel about women who speak up about oppression that they experience? How do you approach white people? What about those within the LGBTQIA community? Do you consistently question their narratives. And the confusion you may experience from their narratives. Does that cause you to lack compassion? And not go near people. You think about it, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. What did it say? They came to Jesus with relative ease, right? The crowds, they probably spent all they had to get there after the healing and miracles. But Jesus still had compassion on them, despite them not knowing the roots and causes of their brokenness. He still decided to spend three days with them. Can we spend an hour with the people 
that we disagree the most with? Or are we quick to send them away hungry when, as believers do, are supposed to have the bread of life? All that is where your bad butter lies in. And that's why Jesus warns us, beware of American nationalism that may teach power through government. Beware of identifying yourself too closely with any political party. Beware of this yeast that may seek to tell you if you align yourself with this, then you are in the right situation, right? Jesus consistently challenges us to say, do you feel compassion when you think about these people? Or do you feel irritation? Do you feel frustration? The good news is, what did Jesus do with the little bread that they had? He multiplied it. Jesus' yeast, Jesus' butter can be exchanged for your ingredients. Somebody say amen. amen. Good ingredients. Even with all the bad butter that we may have that we have to work through. Jesus comes in and says, with a little bit of bread that you have, just watch how many people I can feed with that. Even if you don't fully understand, even if you feel like you don't have it, even if you, you genuinely lack compassion, you're like, I don't know how to. I've been hurt by these people. I've been hurt by these thinkings, these teachings, these ideas. I don't know how. Jesus is saying today, just give me the little bit of bread you have. I can feed 4,000 and still have leftovers. That's grace. Infinite grace. So, it's Cousin Rome. I'm out for today. Thank y'all so much for sharing space. And I hope that you legitimately can throw away the cake no matter how good it looks. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for another opportunity to become a follower, you know, to actually lean into what you have asked of us to do, which is love and feel compassion for those who disagree with, to throw away the cakes that we trusted for so long and believe that you truly have something better for us that will actually leave more leftovers than we could even think of. When we ask, I don't know how I'm gonna make it, maybe people here are even struggling financially, God. We ask that you would multiply and provide beyond what anybody could imagine with the little that they have. And that your compassion and peace would pervade like the yeast that the Pharisees had, but be a yeast that brings freedom and lets all of us rise together. Because we long for that day, like my brother John said earlier, we get to die and go to heaven. Because there, all things will be made right when you recreate the whole world. 
So we praise you and thank you for that day. In Jesus' name, amen.